Hello all and welcome back to another episode of Boots and Engines with me, Julian De Silva. And guys, guess what? The Premier League is back, y'all. How exciting is that? Oh my god. It's a, it's been, a, well, it's been quite an interesting week to start off with. Um, looking at the <laughs> disallowed goal, which we'll be talking about today, and then you got... Um, Man City and Arsenal. Arsenal losing two games in the space of one week. David Luiz and his, uh, well, his uh, big help to Man City winning the game. And, um, well, United drawing and, of course, the Merseyside derby going, ending as a draw as well. So, a lot of things to talk about. And, <clears throat> well, let's get straight to it. So, we are looking at the Sheffield goal, which was disallowed um, during the first day the first day of the Premier League so that was definitely quite a crazy start what do you think first day first game of the return of the Premier League after three months and there is a disallowed goal and yes the game ended nil nil but you know the fact the fact that you know um it, it was a reasoning of a goal line technology failure is such an embarrassment I mean thinking about it you know, you've been out of action. I mean, the Premier League has been out of action. The referees, the uh, Football Association, the VAR team have been out of action for so many months, three months. And wouldn't they have the thought of actually going through the checks and running tests beforehand? I mean, it's the first game and you would want everything to be perfect and whatnot. So I really don't understand how did that, you know, how was that not allowed? I mean, clearly as... You know, as opposed to the video, um, the little, little trailer on Instagram, you know, it clearly shows how um, a similar goalkeeper, Orian Nylon, had actually f- fallen in with the ball after he knocked, he knocked into the defender. His defend, his own defender, actually practically knocked him in, into the goal, and um, he wasn't really good at hiding the ball because it was pretty obvious. But the fact, uh, you know, it's. They are, the people are obviously, as Sky News mentioned and everyone else knows, Gorlai Technology had failed to register the goal after he carried it over the line. And of course, everyone knew it was a goal. But, you know, the fact that the referee said that, you know, the the buzzer didn't go off, you know, it didn't signal on the watch and VR didn't detect it. That was, did not sound right. It did not sound right at all it sounded really fishy because the fact that you know it is a goal it's obvious that it actually went in and it wasn't even considered like like what i mean like think about it. even you you everyone watching the game would have saw this and the fact that the referee himself without a doubt he wouldn't have had a clear book but without a doubt he would have looked back at the uh, review and the replays and the highlights several number of times and he would have seen it go in but you know he, um he didn't he still didn't accept it you know and the premier league has no plans to actually review its rules over the use of vr despite goal line technology failing to award a goal for shuffling united and it's disappointing and all right from the sources hawk hawkeye by the way hawkeye which provides the goal line technology said that it unreservedly apologized the Premier League and Sheffield United after the match officials failed to receive a signal to the watch or the earpiece 
uh, this is where things are a bit uh, it's a bit clumsy it's a bit how is it it's silly in a way how could you make such a mistake like that it, this is not just any simple mistake this is a big mistake this is a life-changing mistake like I mean for team because practically if Sheffield United um, did win the game and that would ended up being would have ended up being the only goal of the game they could have um, been closer to the top four and unfortunately United would have fallen um, a position lower and you know that would have been a plus point for Sheffield so that was a huge um, disappointment for them you know they could have been soaring high and and you know f- following that game they ended up losing 3 to Newcastle so that was a bigger disappointment for them um it's it's crazy it's really crazy you know and the company said that you know it has never been seen before in over 9000 matches after it's th- by the way there are seven cameras uh, located in the goal so you know seven cameras located in the stands around the goal were significantly occluded you know so that was really really weird it's it was i mean even even I'm lost for words. I I couldn't believe that it didn't go through. You know, even Michael Oliver, the fact that he said he watching the game, he kept on showing the players, and you know, even saying you know my GDS watch did not alert the goal. So we were like, you know, how 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 is this? Because it's possible, you know, like under the laws of football, video assistant referee was allowed to be reviewed, uh, was allowed to review the incident despite the obstruction caused by the goalkeeper so I don't understand why they didn't actually take um, uh, you know a, a critical view on this you know because it could have changed the whole decision you know because the professional game match officials limited confirmed that yeah the VAR was able to check the goal situations but they did not want to intervene after on-field match officials because they did not receive a signal and Paul Tierney, who was the match VAR, did not check the incident and nothing was flagged by the assistant referee to Michael Oliver, which suggests that, you know, he did not have a clear view of the incident. So this situation was very, very controversial, I would say. Like, uh, I mean, Chris Wilder was highlighting how he was really, really frustrated. I mean, the fact that this was in the first half and, you know, it wouldn't make it, 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 nothing much could be done, you know, since it was towards half, I mean, you know, half time came by and even though everyone knew by then, second half, it would have been a goal, but still, it's, it, it didn't count, you know, so that was pretty upsetting. I, I really wish something could have been done, you know, I'm sure all of us wish that, you know, they could have made a difference and, you know, it would have been a big plus point for Sheffield United, but unfortunately, that didn't happen to them, so that is a pretty sad story to start with but on the other hand I would say that um, looking to the match performance overall I believe that you know um, looking at Sheffield's performance and how they've been impressively playing throughout the whole um, season so far um, they do play really well I must say because you know when the first season first started I did not expect um, Sheffield United to be performing uh, better than Aston Villa and um, Norwich, you know, I was expecting both of them to perform better because Sheffield United um, hasn't been back in the Premier League for a while and I know that 
um, Norwich and Aston Villa are pretty good teams. They have pretty good players, which are you know which form a decent side, and the capability is there. But you know, the tables turned, and Sheffield United. Looking at Sheffield United, they don't they do not have you know some of the biggest names in the world or pretty renowned players or you know like Aston Villa and Norwich do have like really good good players like you know they're decent names they're not like, extremely big names but you know they've made it somewhere you know and Sheffield United you know they don't they don't really have that but you know it shows that despite that they have players which have quality and I believe some of them are homegrown if I'm not mistaken so that really shows the quality of football. You know, you know, if you prove your point and you play well, you can go anywhere in life. You know, and that's what I really see and I admire about Sheffield. And you know, as we, as I mentioned, we've been seeing them perform uh, thoroughly well throughout the season. And Aston Villa have been doing the opposite. You know, they are currently in the bottom three, and it did not go um, as well for them obviously and the past few games so but looking at this game they actually performed better than um, Sheffield United um, throughout the game they pressed more they pressured um, they did pressure Sheffield United a lot especially Davis being up front he did have a lot of close chances with having said you know they have some pretty decent players and we've got uh, Anwar El Ghazi he was pretty good on the on the flank so he did put up some pretty good crosses which did give them opportunities but it wasn't really taken so unfortunate for them as well but it is it is it is um you know it was a good game it was a pretty interesting game to watch you know people these days would say or you know in general people would say that a as in the start a start of a league or probably um a start of a tournament or a or whatsoever, you you only get excited, and you know um, determined to watch if it's a big game that's starting the league or the tournament, you know, because that hypes things up more. But I believe um, this game proved otherwise. Even though it was um, middle middle rank clubs, you know, like Aston Villa and Sheffield, they they did put they did put a good show, you know, <laughs> despite having a, an empty stadium. So uh, that was what I was pretty impressed by them, you know. So. It, it they did they did give a good start to the Premier League. That's without doubt a very controversial start, for sure. With the goal line, um, the goal disallowed, and unfortunately the game drew nil nil. But chances were there. Sheffield United pressed, but Aston Villa pressed harder. So I was really I was really uh, I was really hoping that you know Aston Villa would score a goal because they were putting in all the effort. You know. Um, They've got a wonderful leader, uh, Jack Grealish. Is um, despite uh, where do we start with Jack Grealish? I mean, despite him having a lot of controversy and problems outside the pitch, but I feel he does captain his team well. He does play very well. He does put in good crosses and passes, and we've seen some of his assists. And he's, you know, um, a pretty good goal scorer as well. So I was looking forward to seeing him score. Especially having the fact that I have him in my fantasy Premier League, so I was like, oh, the fact that he didn't score, I was pretty bummed out. But either way, the performance matters more. So yeah, it it was, it was a really interesting game to watch, without a doubt. You know, as they would say, Sheffield United's ghost goal, and 
no review of the VR and the possible chance of having won the game was pretty upsetting. But nevertheless, I think it was an enjoyable game and I believe some of you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, so that's that's all we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was definitely something worth talking about, especially being the start of the Premier League. And also, don't forget guys, we've got another two episodes coming up. We've got episode 8 and 9 as well, so stay tuned for that as it's going to be really, really interesting as well. Not as tense as how Sheffield United ended up, but definitely something worth talking about. So stay tuned. Thank you once again for listening to Boots and Engines. It's Julian Silver signing off. Thank you guys. Take care.